Let me begin with reading our scriptures again from James 5, beginning in verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power. It availeth much. As we have continued to study through these words here in James 5, we've mentioned that the title of this series of messages is Dispensations of Providence dispensations of providence. And I know that those words are not commonly used and aren't always easy to relate to or to divine, uh, especially considering, as we've been saying, all the many different definitions that have developed over time in, in the various churches for those words. What does providence really mean? What is a dispensation? Again, those have such varying differences in definitions depending on which church you're going to. But I'd like for us to go back today and and recall what these scriptures reveal to us about these dispensations of providence, these acts of God. You hear that expression in other venues, acts of God. That's what dispensations of providence are. And and by the way, may I add, as I give this definition of providence, that this is not just our church doctrine. Uh, These words are generally agreed upon by most all of the mainline church denominations, whether it be Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian, Charismatic. These, These words are generally accepted by all of these denominations. As we said now in an earlier message, divine providence is the manner in which God carries out His divine will. By His providence, God cares for and He directs all of the things that takes place on the earth. In Psalm 103, we're told that He is sovereign over the universe as a whole. In Matthew 5.45, we're told that He is sovereign over the physical world. In Psalm 66.7, we're told that He is sovereign over the affairs of nations. In Galatians 1.15, we're told that He is sovereign over human destiny. In Luke 1.52, we're told that He is sovereign over human successes and failures. And in Psalm 4.8, we're told that He's sovereign over the protection of His people. Now, the next word, dispensation, that is truly a seldom used word. Most often only heard relating to Bible conversations or sermons. And this word dispensation has several connotations to its meaning. Uh, One being periods of time. Periods of time. Times when God has prescribed a certain specific ordering of things. For example, you've heard it preached or scholars speak about the Old Testament dispensation specifically speaking of laws and prophets 
and about a system of commands and promises that were given to those people of that time to regulate their affairs. You also have the New Testament dispensation that we are said to live in. And much the same governs that dispensation. Now another of the connotations within dispensations is this sense in which there's something that's being given out. Specifically relating to a kind of special exemption from that which would normally take place. And by that I mean that God is said to give a special dispensation when He intervenes and He causes things to differ from the ordinary. We spoke a little bit earlier about will God do something different because you pray? And that's the hope that we have. That God will intervene with one of His dispensations and change something that might seem impossible otherwise. Now, I realize that those definitions are lacking in clarity, but perhaps they'll get clearer as we talk this morning. I want to put this into biblical perspective. And to do that, I'm going to need to go back all the way to creation. We've been studying this in Sunday school, and I love the way God brings these things together, both in the message during the service and in Sunday school. Creation was a perfect example of God's providence. By His providence at creation, God spoke everything into being. All that exists on the earth and the whole universe. And He also set upon this earth all of the creation and in all of the systems by which everyone and everything could live and move and have its being. And that includes people and animals and plants and trees and the systems that involve our weather, our climate. Those were providences of God. And according to Genesis 1, everything everywhere was created and put into motion, each with its own system that sustains its life and the future of its life. By that I mean, as God created man, He providentially put into place systems by which we would procreate and we would replenish our kind and our species. That was very important, by the way. And He did that with animals also, that they would be able to replenish themselves in their own kind. And as we were beginning to study there in Sunday school, each of us after our own kind. One of the most important sentences you'll ever hear, which means you did not evolve from something. We each have our own kind. We were created as a kind and we are able to replenish our own kind. We'll not change. We were always human. We will always be human. The animals, the cattle of the field, they were cattle when they were created. They are cattle now. Each according to their own kind. God also did that, by the way, with plants and trees. He created the plants to have seeds that would disperse upon the ground and grow new plants, new trees. And so we then see this millennia that has passed where men, animals, and the trees of the field have replenished themselves, all according to their own kinds. 
God did something else. He also put into existence a vast system of climate and weather patterns that would provide the right measures of water and sunlight to cause plants and trees to grow. Now, those systems do continue. They were systems that he put into place. And they do continue today. But I want to add to his creation story that God did not just put people and systems into being and into their order and then back away to let each of them operate and run on their own. We've said this on other occasions, but I'm going to say it again because this is one of the points of misunderstanding that so many, even very devout Christians, go astray with these Scriptures. Believing that people and weather systems and all the other many components of God's creation were put here and now they're free to run on their own. That simply is not so. That is not so. Not at all. God's loving providential hand remains intimately embedded within every process that takes place, every moment of every day. Let me read three examples of that. Let Scripture prove Scripture. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Speaking of Jesus, He is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His nature. And then listen. And He upholds all things by the word of His power. Jesus is there holding together all that He created. Also says a similar thing over in Colossians 1. It says there of Jesus, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him and for Him. And listen, He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And if you want to see it just a little bit more clearly, read it in Psalm 104, verse 13. From His lofty abode, He waters the mountains. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work, O God. You cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate. By the way, did you think that it was just good fertilizing and that sort of thing and the rain came at the right time to make all of those farms there on the 35 bypass produce so well. This is what was going on. Listen. You cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate that he may bring forth food from the earth, wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread to strengthen man's heart. This is God's hand intimately involved in everything that's taking place every moment of every day. He not only created this world and all of the systems in a perfect way, He remains intimately within all of those processes. Upholding, He says here, sustaining is another word that's used. Even at this very moment, this very moment, and every other moment, If Jesus, listen, if Jesus were to ever lower His hand, even for a moment, all of the people and all of the systems of the world would collapse. Now let me say that again so that we'll not forget it. If Jesus were to ever lower His hand, even for a moment, all of the people and all of the systems of the world would collapse. 
He is intimately involved in everything that takes place every moment of every day. Yes, He's using all of these systems and these systems are carrying it along. Yes, we see a weather front moving in this very day. Is that just happening? Not according to Scripture. He is intimately bringing that weather system to us. Now, with that being said, the thing that's still so confusing to so many people is that within God's very providential care, intimate providential care, He also allows people, you and me, to make a lot of free will choices. Choices that often are not in keeping with His righteous plan. And God allows those free will choices to continue until we somehow often get way off course. That's when He intervenes. That's when He intervenes. That's because God knows that if we drift off course that way, that over there on that broad path are all sorts of dangers. And He has put laws into effect when we want to walk that broad path or when we wander over onto it. Laws like whatsoever you sow, you will reap. And if you are involved in sinful behavior, then you will reap whatever that sinful behavior demands. You will reap the consequences. You'll suffer. And He doesn't want that to take place. So thankfully, with great mercy and grace, God inserts His big providential hand into our circumstances and He makes changes. And that's when He appoints a particular dispensation of providence to help us. And again now, so often, perhaps most often, those difficult, struggling circumstances that we get ourselves involved in has to do with our free will. And why is that? It's because we, we people, we men and women, we're the only creatures who have the intellect and the emotional capacity to cause that kind of difficulty to arise to require God to intervene and to bring about a correction. And so then, He does. He reaches in and He appoints a dispensation of time and of circumstances to deal with those matters that you and I have gotten ourselves involved in. And yes, yes, whenever sinful free will behavior of men are causing problems, the devil is most always also involved. Almost always bringing misery into an otherwise tranquil existence. But listen, yes, God will deal with Satan on those things. But here we're talking about God dealing with you and me. So the focus in these words is on God's dispensations of providence for you and me, for man, and for our benefit. And I... No, I don't have a good explanation or an understanding of why God allows those situations to begin or to be take place in our lives when if He's sovereign, why doesn't He just stop us before it even takes place? That would certainly be a lot less painful. But it's as the Westminster Confession of Faith tells us, we're told there that God does not do violence to our free will. In other words, He doesn't reach in and force us to follow His will. By the way, He does on occasion. But the normal process of life, He doesn't reach in and force you and me to do His will 
He will go ahead and allow us to do those wrong things and to suffer the consequences for those so that we'll gain from that experience. But again, thankfully, He doesn't let us go too far. He doesn't let us go too far. So in His wisdom, He determines a particular time that He'll intervene and insert His providential hand into our circumstances. And He brings this dispensation of remedial teaching and training. And it usually does involve suffering because that's what we respond to so that we'll get back onto that narrow path instead of that walking with one foot on the narrow path and one over on the broad path. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Now, a quick reminder. I read a verse a while ago from Colossians 1. There God was telling us that He created us for Him. Everything was created. You and me. We were created by Him and for Him. And what God was saying there is that you and I were created for Him alone. For His delight. For His purpose. For His glory. And so we have no reason to wonder why He would not reach in as we're getting off course. That He would reach in and bring us back with one of His dispensations of providence because we're His children. We're His sons. By the way, some of those changes, yes, can take place with small corrections and we like those. But very often they come with very big events. You recall the nation of Israel was eventually exiled for 70 years. Often with you and me, these big events are severe. They're painful. And being sovereign as God is, He's able to use every part of His creation to intervene and carry out His providences. He can use people with kindness or He can use people with very hurtful behaviors. So that person that is standing in your face and giving you all sorts of difficulty, that may be the hand of God. He can also use the weather. He can use good and pleasant weather. And we like that. Or He can use catastrophic weather like hurricanes, tornadoes. You and I don't like to think that God's got His hand in a hurricane or a tornado. But He does. His hand is very much a part of it. He can also use terrorists like He did on 9-11. Or an earthquake as took place in Mexico. And no, I don't quite understand all of that because we start thinking about all these innocent people that's involved. But folks, listen. God is dealing intimately with each person that's involved in any one of those dispensations. We just don't know what's taking place. He's not limited in how He can use dispensations to affect different ones of us. Remember the words in Isaiah 45. There God declares to us, I form light and I make darkness. I make well-being and I create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. No, I don't understand it. But that's why we need to continually have the biblical perspective of trusting that God's hand is always at work and it is always good. Our part is to simply trust in Him 
and remain called according to His purpose. Let me put it in a simple parable. A drowning swimmer must stop struggling and yield his life over to a lifeguard so that he can be saved. The drowning swimmer has on occasion drowned the lifeguard. You and I need to yield our life over to the Lord's providential hands in these struggles that we're going through and stop fighting with Him. We're getting to the end of our time. But here in our Scripture verses for today, God is saying to us, is any of you suffering? Is any of you cheerful? In all of these different circumstances of life, He's saying that you and I need to understand that He's involved in those. He has providential settings taking place in so many people's life all at the same time. We think, well, what's going on in my life right now? Am I suffering? Am I cheerful? It has to do so often with things that are not taking place directly in our life. In my imagination, I think of how as my children suffer, my wife and I suffer along with them. You do that. God has so many things that He's managing with so many people. Often our struggles begin to overlap. Does that mean that you and I are collateral damage to what's going on in our child's life? We're just suffering because they suffer. No, no, that's not it. Not at all. You are never collateral damage. God's not that frivolous. He is requiring that you be a part of that dispensation, what He's doing in their life. And by the way, they'll be required to be doing the same thing with difficulties going on in your life. And they'll suffer along with you. But you and I are intricately involved in every one of the providences that God puts into being. So let me stop here. But I do want to remind us I've said this over and over again in this study. Things and difficulties and circumstances, they do not just randomly take place. God's sovereign hand is always, always, always involved. So, is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call on the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Let's pray.